0: Hello and welcome in to another episode of Find the Edge with Nick and Cody coming at you with our week 14 recap and our week 15 look ahead. A little round of applause for our man Cody. He threaded the needle this weekend, made his way into the playoffs in our mini Dynasty League. Uh, Quite the achievement, needed I think three people to win as well as himself and then another uh, points situation uh, to, to to create the tiebreaker
1: he needed to get in. But,
0: yeah, uh, good stuff, Cody. In as the sixth seed, and, you know, as they say, you are in the dance. You have a chance.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, not even – so, basically, the the last part that I needed to have happen was I needed Devon A-chan and – Jason Sanders to combine for less than eighteen point three fantasy points, and then I needed Saquon to score more than eight fantasy points on Monday Night Football. So Saquon obviously did his job; that was fine. But if Achan or Ann Sanders were to surpass that amount of points, he would have then won his matchup. He would have got in off a record. So luckily, um, the Dolphins surprisingly did not use Achan as much as I thought they were going to. I thought he was going to be a big part of that offense. I kind of. Chalked it up as if I was going to lose, but as we kind of got closer and closer to the end of the game, it started to look more and more possible. And yeah, pulled it out. was pretty excited on that one. That one, that one's big for me. Actually had three leagues come down to the final week, and I got in on all three leagues. So feel pretty lucky there you to go. be in the playoffs, like you said.
0: Very nicely done. Uh, yeah, Tennessee Titans also blocked a kick, uh, I think, early in that game as well. That probably ended up being the difference there for you. So... Congratulations, Cody. We'll see how it turns out. I am the four seed in that league, so uh, maybe a potential future playoff matchup on the horizon. Hopefully not for me. They have not gone very well for me the past two years, but uh, let's go to our week 14 recap here. We overlapped on a couple games, so let's start with those. We split them down the middle, one and one. Let's start with the loser. Carolina plus six. Man, this was a tough watch. Uh, we have been burned, or at least I have been burned, uh, multiple times by Carolina this year. 0 3 betting them so far. Uh, this one may have been the most painful uh, because they really dominated this game from a total yard standpoint, and uh, you know, just from a you know on the field, possessing the ball, actually gaining yards on each play. They uh, they outplayed the saints, but uh, they just could not execute in the red zone whatsoever. And um, it, it really, uh, it obviously ended up costing them at the end of the game, 28 to six. It looks like it wasn't close, but uh, yeah, if you watch this one, Carolina probably should not have only covered, but should have won.
1: Yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm also and three betting uh, Carolina, but I would assume most people that have backed Carolina have a losing record. They're two nine and two against the spread this season. So they uh it wasn't just today that they were not able to get it done. It's been basically a whole season issue. So um yeah, there there was a reason why I did not want to bet them anymore. Unfortunately it kind of fell back into the trap. You'd like to think that they have a couple winners coming down the stretch just just because, you know, you don't typically see someone go two, you know, thirteen and two against the spread. So, you would think that there's going to be a couple Vegas winners, adjusts, but, yeah. you know, we'll see. I I don't really feel that good at betting them against any team. Because, like you said, they should have beat the Saints, and the Saints aren't even that good of a team.
0: Yeah, there was a kind of a microcosm of their season at one point uh, in the third quarter. They were down 11, uh, and they had a long run down to the like the half yard line miles sanders almost got in they had first and goal on the you know 12 inch line and got stuffed got a sack again got and couldn't convert on third down not even close bryce young got rolled out uh rolled out and threw one into the dirt so yeah it was just kind of a microcosm of their season they just can't execute and um Yeah, very frustrating to watch because Derek Carr had uh, less than 40 passing yards heading into the fourth quarter of this one. The Carolina defense absolutely shut down the Saints offense, but it did not matter. Let's go to the next one that we both had. That was the Rams plus seven and a half. This one went a lot better for us. The Rams uh, almost won this game, ended up losing in overtime by six, but we comfortably covered here with that seven and a half number. Really, really fun, entertaining game back and forth the whole time. Uh, As soon as this game kind of got going into the second quarter, both teams' offenses were firing uh, on all cylinders. I felt like we were at at the very least going to cover if the Rams didn't end up winning it. But uh, this one was pretty much not in doubt from the beginning. So good call by us.
1: Yeah, this was a great game. It was a great cover by the Rams. They really they never trailed by enough points to where you felt like they weren't going to cover the spread. So uh, that one was sweet. And like you said, they had a chance to win it going down going down the stretch also so um yeah I that was a good game it was a lot of fun I was luckily able to watch that one before I had to go into work Sunday afternoon that was awesome
0: yeah this Rams offense is just really really fun to watch when they've got all their guys healthy uh kind of just reminds you that this team won a Super Bowl a couple years ago I think a lot of people kind of tend to forget that just because they had such a bad year last year but when Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, and Kyron Williams are all healthy, this team can beat just about anybody, as we saw on Sunday, or at least almost. Uh, I'll head to my before, third before we, uh, game.
1: Puka's, Puka's a oh, wild man, not wearing any gloves out there, just taping up the yeah. fingers and, and in the rain. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> That's crazy that, he's, that there's a wide receiver that doesn't wear gloves in the NFL with how sticky especially they are. in
0: those conditions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially with the, uh, I guess at, a lot of wide receivers kind of, I feel like when the wetter conditions, you know, like the, the, the gloves kind of counteract that almost like when it's good conditions, the gloves, you know, don't, they, they help you catch the ball, but in those wet conditions, the, the wet gloves can kind of be worse than your hands. Like I, I've just seen a lot of receivers kind of go to the no glove look in that situation, but
1: gotcha. yeah, you're
0: right. It was just, uh, kind of looks like old school football out there, but who Nakua cool? Also, he just, he, I feel like he gets, he gets devastatingly injured every single game, but ends up coming back. Uh, so having him as a fantasy manager, unfortunately I don't have him on any teams, but it must be a stressful experience. My third game of the 12 o'clock slate was Cleveland minus two and a half. Had to really sweat this one out at the end. Should have been a really easy cover. The Browns were winning by multiple scores for uh, most of the game here. Uh, when we talked about this one um, on Saturday, it was it was looking like it was going to be Bethard. And so it, 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 Lawrence ends up starting this game. I, I still felt pretty good about it. I was thinking about texting you that morning and seeing if I could back out of it. But I uh, I still felt good. It, it The number came down to a pick em and then came back to two and a half. So professional money told me that Lawrence probably just wasn't going to be 100% in this one. He looked okay. Uh, Through some bad interceptions, but the Browns uh, should have won this game by a lot more. And then Doug Peterson, man, he really tried to screw me over at the end. I don't know if anybody was watching, but uh, they they scored a touchdown to cut it to 31-27. And instead of kicking the extra point like any sane man would do to make it a three-point game, he tried to ruin my cover by uh, getting a two-point conversion and then I guess kicking the field goal to win it if they had gotten the ball back. But uh, luckily they didn't get it. They end up losing by four. So Cleveland gets the win in the cover, but this was a lot more stressful than it needed to be.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, if you would have gotten that, that would have been crazy.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would have I would have pulled my hair out for sure.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, Trevor Lawrence looked all right for having, you know, some kind of ankle sprain. Impressive. Uh, he just yeah, really high ankle sprain. To, like, you definitely could tell he wasn't able to run out of the pocket like he normally can. Like kinda mm-hmm. anytime he did try to move, he got sacked pretty quickly. So that's definitely where, you know, he got limited this week, but yeah, I I was honestly like I went back and re-listened cuz I wanted to write down what your five picks were and you said Jacksonville and CJ Beathard. And I was like, "Hmm, I wonder how good he feels right now with it being Trevor Lawrence." So,
0: <laughs> I yeah, I I thought about pivoting, but uh, I did a little research and thought, you know, a hobbled Trevor Lawrence will, I I wouldn't, I, I didn't think he was going to be that much more effective than a healthy CJ Beathard. So I um, was kind of wrong about that aspect of it, but we ended up, uh, we ended up getting there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go to, um, honestly, the next three games, we're not going to have any winners. We have two losers and a tie, so. Atlanta minus two and a half, just on the wrong side of this one. Tampa Bay ended up taking this. That 229-25. was tough. Two
0: twenty
1: five, uh, pretty late touchdown by the Buccaneers to take the lead as well. Ritter had a pretty solid game. Their defense kind of just kept giving it up to the Buccaneers, so not too much I could do on that end. Um, honestly, whenever I went back and re-listened, like I said, I I thought if the if the Falcons were able to get to twenty four points, I thought there was a good chance they were going to be able to cover it. They got to twenty five, just unfortunately gave it up a little too much on the defensive end. Um, and yeah, now there's a three way tie for the top of the NFC South at seven and seven. So electrifying stuff. Maybe I should stop yeah, this, shit, this, this felt. I feel like if I looked at like if I yeah, broke up everything this... by division, I feel like that'd be my worst. <laughs>
0: The NFC South, yeah, these these games between all these six and seven teams at the top just feel like coin flips, uh, especially in Atlanta when the conditions are, you know, not favoring one side or the other just because it's neutral in a dome. But yeah, like you said, you got um you got that late touchdown from Atlanta. Uh they they went up three points with three and a half minutes to go. I think you were probably feeling pretty good. Uh, but Baker Mayfield drove the field and ended up uh just winning it in regulation. So you gotta give him credit there. Uh, young Wei Koo also missed two field goals for you in this one inexplicably. Indoors, uh, usually he is money at home. So, uh, yeah, kind of bad luck there for you. Uh, But, yeah, at the end of the day, just did not get the bounces you needed in what was basically a 50-50 game at the end. So um, I don't think you can blame yourself too much on that one. My next loss, I am uh, excited to hear Cody's reaction to this game. That was the Kansas City Chiefs, minus one and a half. Uh, I I, I think if if this game was played tomorrow, gave me the same spread, I would once again take the Chiefs uh, pretty confidently. Um, Bills jumped out to an early lead in this one, Uh, went up by 14 pretty early. I thought I might be in some big trouble, but once this thing got down to the end and it was a close game back and forth, uh, Mahomes had the ball down three, Plenty of time left, all his timeouts. Uh, That's the situation you want as a Mahomes better. Did not work out for them in the end. Uh, Mahomes uh, not very happy about the way that game finished. But, uh, yeah, uh, again, uh, I think uh, as a Chiefs better, you got to live with it because most of the time when you give Mahomes that situation, he's going to come through, especially against a Buffalo Bills defense that's been struggling down the stretch here and uh, just didn't work out for us in this one. But, again, I'll take that. Take that bet any day of the week. Uh, having the way it played out, it just uh just didn't fall our way this time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you were just about one yard away from winning that game, <laughs> about one one footstep away. So
0: one one Kadarius Tony uh, alignment issue away from a dove in this one, unfortunately. What uh what did you what did you think about the the old the old Andy Reid Patrick Mahomes explosion after the game?
1: Okay, yeah. The explosion after the game definitely was not a good look, but um I mean, it, I I will say, like, I, I'm sure if he were to ask him about it now, he'd probably be like, yeah, I should not have done that to Josh Allen. Like, that was a douchey move. In the moment, yeah, that, it is tough. That was a bad um, look. I mean, everyone, everyone knows that he's a competitor, so I mean, he's gonna do... I mean, I, I don't really like that, but it is what it is. I, I'm not gonna bash him too much for it. Um... Andy Reid also like I I understand it's a penalty that for one hasn't been called very much really still not called that much this year but when you're lined up that badly off sides like you really can't complain about the refs like if he were like he would have been stepping on top of Von Miller who I was surprised to see was playing in this game I thought that he was going to go on the exempt list but if they like put them on top of each other he'd be stepping on von miller and it's like you gotta call that this is it just is what it is so it sucks but um i thought it was a little dramatic like taking away like a great play from a great career i was like okay like yeah it was a really cool play but it's very dramatic the flag was out oh the flag was was out before the play i I will say that i mean they had that is one thing that that does irritate me because typically on a pre-snap penalty on the offense, the play is going to get called dead right away. Cause if you go back and you redo that play and let's say Mahomes gets smoked and next thing you know, like he has like a, some kind of issue or an injury, like I'm sure that there's going to be some issues with it, not being stopped on an offensive pre-snap call. So.
0: Well, I mean, when it's offsides, they, they don't blow it dead. Just like the defense. I mean, if the defense has a positive play, they don't want to accept the penalty. uh, They get the benefit. In that situation, just like the offense would get the benefit if the defense is lined up offsides, you know, and they don't want to accept the penalty because they, you know, have a big play or whatever. I mean, in that situation, if you know it's on it you, go that way for the Patrick Mahomes should just toss it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's just that. it's just not obvious, like, that like that you said, that sense. penalty almost never gets called, so no one expects that to be the the call in that situation. But uh, yeah, I'm just. Strange, strange penalty. Uh, obviously, I think it was a penalty. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think, like you said, that 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 should have been addressed. <laughs> I think Kadarius Tony is where your your vitriol should be focused, not uh, at the refs in that situation. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, the other thing that bothers me is that the refs. There have been plenty of very legitimate, uh, very legitimate criticisms of them this year. I think he could have picked a little bit of a better opportunity to criticize them, and people would have been all behind him. You know, sure. Everybody criticizing him this week probably would have said, yeah, uh, we agree with you, Patrick, but he just kind of chose the wrong spot to do it. So uh, the, the officials sort of get off the hook in that sense.
1: Absolutely. Um, all right, let's get into the Nick McDonald game of the week. Houston at the New York Jets under 33 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh nick Jinx. i should take the loss Jinks, on this one Jinks, yes this game oh, so bad time. text me big at halftime time. and it was zero zero almost congratulating <laughs> me on on the picks. so uh that one was rough but uh oh. it just the the jets had the half of their season probably um houston did exactly what we thought houston was gonna do obviously the cj Stroud injury not expecting that uh, and nico collins getting hurt as well uh almost almost ruined me in a couple of leagues in fantasy football uh but didn't put up points the jets unfortunately did i do want to play a little game real quick because zach wilson had probably what is going to be the, one of the best games of his career uh i just mm-hmm. i'll let you guess and then i want you to tell me how many other times you think he's done these stats in his career completion percentage
0: okay uh 65
1: 75 percent do you think damn. he's ever done it before there's no way life? he's been no, no he's not no uh he had 301 oh damn i'm an idiot okay he had 301 yards how many more times do you think he's done that in his career
0: I I had I did hear the stat that that was his first 300 yard passing game or at least I thought I did maybe he's, I was wrong. He did but... it
1: twice last year it's his first time this year getting over 300. Oh, okay, never mind. And then he had Okay, this year, yeah. He had okay. two passing touchdowns. You know how many total career games he's done that now?
0: He's probably done that a couple times. I'll say He's done three. a
1: total of 6 times. So that was his one positive one. The okay. yards only getting over 300 two other times and then 75% is kind of high but You would think there would have been some games where he was just dialed in, but of course not with Zach Wilson. Or like had some garbage time touchdowns. For sure. But unfortunately had the under uh, went over with um, a little bit left to go in the game. So unfortunate on that one, but is what it is. Nick, do you want to get into your last pick of the week?
0: Yeah, definitely a bad beat for you, and uh, I get the assist with the classic jinx, the, the betting no-no, uh, congratulating before the game's over, so uh, <laughs> mea culpa to anybody that followed Cody on that under. My last bet of the week was the New York Giants, plus six and a half. Easy, easy cash here. Uh, good spot to fade, the Packers, in my opinion, they had been riding high the past couple weeks. Jordan Love really didn't show up in this one. Christian Watson's absence was felt here. Uh, I feel like their offense just had a, just did not have a uh, dimension that it has had in the past couple weeks with Watson healthy. So uh, after the, the Packers went up 7 0, I was a little nervous. Uh, but once the Giants tied the game, it was really never in doubt after that from at least a covering standpoint. Uh, the, the Packers offense just didn't look really right all night. And Tommy DeVito and the Giants were able to somewhat move the ball throughout the game. Uh, Tommy DeVito, shout out 71 rushing yards. I went back and looked cause I didn't really know much about him as, especially as a collegiate quarterback, not a runner. <laughs> so I don't know what the Giants saw, uh, you know, in their game plan this week that, that said that we should turn Tommy DeVito into a runner, but it worked, uh, a lot. uh, on this on this night so he's opened some things up for them at least he's moving the ball a little bit but yeah uh giants end up winning it outright so
1: easy cut huge for saquon barkley that they're able to play (coughs) football which is huge for my fantasy football oh that helps yeah so yeah big fan of uh, tommy danny devito over here for the time being so hope he can keep up some magic and yeah he ran pretty good he was he just he's not a very big quarterback so i feel like he just I don't know. I feel like he was moving pretty quick compared to a lot of other quarterbacks. So uh, not too bad. My unfortunate last pick of the week took the Raiders plus three and what is probably going to be a very infamous three zero loss to the Minnesota Vikings. So pushed on that one to, uh, to at least get my, my money back, but not really going to talk too much about this game. I'm just going to go through each possession real quick. Punt, 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 punt was their first quarter. (laughs) Second quarter, punt, miss field goal, punt, punt, end of half. Third, punt, fumble, punt, punt, punt. (laughs) Fourth, punt, 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 punt. A field goal with two minutes left, interception, punt, fumble. So, just an absolute punters fest out there in uh, Las Vegas this weekend, unfortunately. Ended up pushing, not too upset with that one, but I just, I'm glad I didn't have to watch that game. It would have been miserable
0: yeah anybody that attended that game and paid good money to go see it should uh be reimbursed by the NFL that was uh one of the all time stinkers for sure Josh dobbs, the past astronaut um r i p my man hopefully he can catch on as a backup somewhere, but what a fall from grace after a There'll couple a weeks backup, ago so. where uh, but
1: that is yeah, it should. looks like
0: the vikings might be <laughs> making him a bridge quarterback for for them next year or the year after and uh yeah, it's uh, he is definitely – he might not even be active this weekend. I think uh, Mullins will probably start – actually, he will start. I saw that earlier today. Yeah. And then uh, I believe Jared Hall will be the backup. So, yeah, no no need to further analyze that one. Let's go ahead and jump to our Week 15 lines well, before, here. Uh, before we jump
1: into it, Nick, just want to update. So, yep. I went 1-3-1, and one, Nick, you went 3-2. and two. We have the same record now on yep. the season, 32-25-3. That's right at 55.8%. We are both up four Beautiful. units individually. So if you tell every single bet for the podcast for the first 15, 14 weeks, you'd be up eight units right now. So, not too bad.
0: Yeah, 32 and 25 is going to get the job done over the long haul, and that's with us having a mid-season lull, uh a pretty hefty mid-season lull on both for sides. Sure. So, uh, nice, nice rebound these past couple weeks. I think to uh, we were kind of hovering around 500 there for a bit, but uh, we have solidly pulled it above 55%, which is what you're looking for Thursday night game. This one is <laughs> ugly chargers at Raiders, the Easton stick Aiden O'Connell battle, uh, Raiders favored by three and a half points at home, just ticked up right before the podcast started to three and a half over under is 34 in this one. Um, there's no chance I'm going to make, uh, any line in this a best bet. Tell me if you feel differently, but, uh, I would probably just take the points with the chargers in such a low scoring game. Um, but I'm not going to force any of our listeners to, uh, pay too much attention to this one. Uh, slightly into the chargers for me, but no play.
1: Yeah. I, the only line that I would recommend would just be the under, but, unfortunately, primetime unders have taken a turn for the worst. slow low. Uh, they are now – Yeah, it's
0: over. The ride is over. Six and
1: one over the last seven, the last two weeks. So, uh, most mm-hmm. likely, you just want to kind of avoid that bet. It was really, really hot. And now it's kind of – it's doing its thing to kind of get back to 50%. This isn't a game I can really recommend betting the over, but just like last week on Thursday Night Football with the Steelers and the Patriots, sometimes points can just get manufactured um, – I will be hoping for a lot of points scored in this game from both Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. So hopefully that happens from from a betting perspective. I am uh, going to choose to ignore this one.
0: Yeah, I actually did kind of like what I saw from Easton Stick. I watched a little bit of that second half just because I had my Broncos. Um, I was I, I actually didn't mention this in our recap. I was very disappointed I did not include either the Broncos or the Bears in my five i think i would have taken out the chiefs too um just because that was my fifth one that i put in but we liked both of those lines quite a bit coming into the week but they became kind of public dogs so i got off of them but yeah both of them covered pretty easily and anyway the broncos game uh stick looked okay so i think you actually might be all right with your eckler and uh alan shares in in our mini dynasty league but
1: Anyway, yeah, no strong
0: lean there. I would I would play the Chargers just because they're getting the points, and that's really all the analysis I have there. Saturday games, we have three of them this week. Uh, Minnesota at Cincinnati is our first one. The Bengals are favored by four points at home. Over-under is 39 here. Uh, I actually have a strong lean to one side here, but I will let you go first. I want to hear
1: what you think. Um, I... I would like to imagine that Jake Browning's is going to come back down to earth at some point. I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback long term, very similar to like a Joshua Dobbs. You know, most of the time, you know, these quarterbacks don't just sit behind people for multiple years if they're very, very good. That being said, he does have incredible weapons that can make him look good for uh, the remainder of the season. But I truthfully don't have a very strong lean in this one uh you know nick mullins we haven't seen very much of this season so you're kind of you're not taking a guess but you don't really know what that offense is truly going to look like with a different quarterback now are they going to have justin jefferson on the Vikings side is kind of a question mark right now and then um yeah i just don't really have a strong lead. i think there's some question marks on both sides where what side are you leaning on to I like
0: Minnesota plus four. Uh, I think they have the best unit in this game. That is their defense. Obviously, they shut out the Raiders last week, as we talked about, but that defense has been playing really well lately. Brian Flores has that unit firing on all cylinders right now. He's one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. He's turned that defense from one of the worst units in the league last year to one of the best this year, especially lately uh you're right Nick Mullins a bit of an unknown but I think he believes he he brings a bit of stability to this offense kind of know what he is he's just going to be a veteran pocket passer he's not going to try to do too much uh Josh Dobbs is a little bit more of a wild card in my opinion I think with Mullins you know worst case scenario you're looking at 10 to 14 points he's not going to totally goose uh you know throw three or four picks and really implode I think uh, he's going to stay within the structure of the offense and just kind of operate it as Kevin O'Connell wants to. The Cincinnati defense played well last week against Gardner Minshew and in the Indianapolis Colts, but it's been pretty bad uh, throughout this uh, throughout the year. They're 31st in the NFL in yards per play against, so I think that the Vikings will be able to make something happen here. Uh, I think Justin Jefferson will play, by the way. Uh, from what I have read, it looked like his chest injury was kind of either going to be bad or not so bad. And he has come out uh, pretty clean uh, with the reports I've seen. So especially if he plays, I think this number might tick down towards three, Uh, but getting it at four right now, that's pretty good value. I would expect, I think since he should be like a two and a half point favorite here, I think I would just give them the home field advantage because these two teams kind of profile similarly, but they're getting four here. I think you're just selling high on Jake Browning. Uh, I would take the Minnesota defense and take the points. Not sure it's going to make it into my five because I like a lot of games this week, but uh, I I, I like Minnesota plus four quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I I like your argument for it for sure. It looks like there's a little bit of a lean your way as well. 61% of bets on the Vikings, but 78% of the money. So a 17% lean there on the same side as Nick.
0: Weird that this number is moving towards the Bengals still. That does worry me a little bit that there is some professional money out there on the Bengals for some reason, but uh, I still like the Vikings here. Pittsburgh at Indianapolis our next Saturday matchup. The Colts favored by two and a half points at home. Over-under is 42. Uh, Cody, I think we both know what to do with this game, but I'll let you
1: go first. (laughs) Steelers at Colts, I want nothing to do with this game. (laughs) um i would i mean i think this is another one you could probably target the under if you want it i mean you're gonna get the steelers offense with mitchell trubisky and then the colts i actually don't mind their offense i think Gardner minshew has been fine but against the steelers defense i don't i don't love it for them so um i mean if you want to back mike tomlin as a dog you can do that as well but i i don't know i don't necessarily love this game too much i'm probably avoiding this one also
0: Gotta buy low
1: on Tomlin.
0: If he is a dog, that is where you want him. They have lost two straight games at home to two of the worst teams in the league. Nobody uh, except professional betters will be on the Steelers this week. I think the one thing you do have to look at, though, is they have some defensive injuries. Both their pass rushers got banged up last week against the Patriots, TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. If, uh, if Watt goes, I like the Steelers uh, to cover this number. I don't love playing the over-under here. I do kind of get it from just a uh, theoretical standpoint, but the Colts have just been a, such an over-team, That's especially at home. I got burned I got burned on them earlier this year uh, with that Cleveland number, and I've kind of been staying away from it since then. Uh, but if Watt is playing and this number is still at 2.5 on Saturday, I will be very tempted to include them in my 5 uh Again, a lot of games I like this week, so it might not quite make it in because uh, from a football perspective, there are other games I like more, but this is just a spot play. Uh, you got to trust Tomlin uh, coming off of two horrible losses. The public will not touch this one, uh, so I think that's kind of when you have to jump in on the Steelers here.
1: Yeah, if you want to be in on the Steelers, I would take it at 2.5 because I think if T.J. Watt does end up playing, this number is going to come down to probably a point, a point and a half.
0: He's huge though, so I I would I would wait. I understand what you're saying. You might not get the two and a half once Watt is ruled in, but I'd rather know Watt's there and bet it at one and a half than risk it at two and a half uh, because he might he makes a, a very very big difference more than a point or two to me.
1: That is fair. I agree. Um, just if you if you look at the splits, to them like oh, winning yeah. the
0: past couple of years with him and him in the lineup and not in the lineup, it's it's ridiculous how much he means.
1: Absolutely. To them. So. Um, yeah. And you're on the same side as well as the sharps, 39% of bets on the Steelers, 58% of money. No real surprise there. That's a 19%. Yeah. That's lead, what you want to see. So not a big surprise that the, uh, the pros like Tomlin and as an underdog.
0: Yeah. I was going to say professional money is going to be the only money on the Steelers in this one, Denver at Detroit, uh, Lions five and a half point favorites at home over under 47 and a half. This should be a pretty fun game. Lots of playoff implications I feel, here. I feel for like this my is boys the Nick McDonald the Lions. right now.
1: This is your favorite team in the Broncos and your favorite team of this year, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. <laughs> and-
0: Yeah, I know. I I am very torn on this one. I'm just hoping for uh, a lot of points on both sides, I guess. Uh, Like you said, uh, I have a big fantasy matchup this weekend. I have uh, two Lions boys, Amon Ross St. Brown and David Montgomery on my important team. So uh, we need them to score some points, but Denver also needs this one pretty bad to stay in the hunt for the playoffs. So uh, hopefully Denver can pull out a win in a high scoring game. I don't know if I see that happening, but Anyway, Lions, five-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Seems high to me. That seems like a high number, uh, but uh, it's this is tough. I really wanted to be on the Lions here just because I think the public is probably going to be off of them a bit after their struggles the last couple weeks. Uh, I know they covered against the Saints, but they didn't look great. Struggled against the Bears twice, lost to them last week uh, by two scores. Um and then Denver has been great six of seven. They've won. Uh, they covered last week. Obviously they got a little lucky with the Herbert injury, but uh, I think the public in my opinion would be on Denver in this one. Looking at the, uh, the betting splits, it is right down the middle as right down the middle as you can possibly get 48, 49 for Denver. So, uh, I guess people are kind of undecided here, but, uh, five and a half is pretty big number. I was, I was thinking this would be closer to three. So I think I'd probably just stay away and, uh, you know, I'd get my fan hat on for this
1: one. Yeah. I, I want to be on the lions as well. Cause I just think that there's definitely, there's a big bounce back game coming for the lions. You get Jared Goff at home in yeah, this one, which I like quite a yeah. bit. Um, but five is a lot. And the Broncos have been, the Broncos have been playing good and they just play everybody tight recently. There's no, they don't get really blown out like they were earlier in the season. So um yeah i'm probably staying away for those same reasons but if i had to take a side i think i'd take the lions i just think after losing to the bears i feel like their defense is probably just going to get torn into this week and the coaching staff's just going to try and be extra refined in all their details and just have a really good game plan but the broncos are also on a heater right now they're you know obviously making a run at the playoffs so uh, yeah, I, I really can't choose one. I would lean Lions, but not very much.
0: Let's just wait on this one. Maybe the line will move one way or the other and kind of tell us where to go here. But yeah, I think five and a half is a pretty good number uh, by the handicappers here. Uh, that, that kind of scares me off of playing the Lions. And I, I just I don't love Denver uh, in this spot uh, on a short week on the road again. Uh, just just a tough spot for them, for sure, against a Lions team that should be bouncing back here. Let's move to the Sunday slate here. First game, and this is one of my favorites. Uh, again, part of the reason that I'm not playing these games, that I'm not all in on, is because there are a few on Sunday I like quite a bit. This is the first one. Chicago at Cleveland. Browns, three-and-a-half point favorites at home. Over-unders, 37-and-a-half. Cody? Tell me where you lean here. I obviously have. I'm going to say
1: I'm kicking it right back to you. I want to hear your argument first because I don't have a big lean in this one too much right now.
0: Give me the Bears plus three and a half. Uh, Joe Flacco being a little overvalued after last week's win uh, and played pretty well the week before against the Rams. Didn't get the win or the cover, but uh, I think uh, people are riding a little high on him right now. I don't think this Chicago Bears team is much worse, if they are at all, than this Browns team at the moment. This Bears defense has been playing really well, especially their run defense, which is kind of the key to shutting down this Browns offense. If they you make them one-dimensional and that dimension is Joe Flacco dropping back to pass over and over, uh, that is not a recipe for success, in my opinion. Uh, we just saw Jared Goff in the Detroit Lions offense kind of get shut down by this Bears D. Since that Montez sweat trade, they have really turned things around, uh, and I think the uh, the Chicago Bears offense can kind of counteract what Cleveland does well. They get after the passer, but Justin Fields is super mobile, not like Trevor Lawrence last week for the Jaguars. He's going to be able to get outside and I think make some things happen. I don't think they're going to need a ton here to win this game. Again, over under 37 and a half. I think if the Bears can get to 20, they will cover, uh, maybe even win it, so I love getting three in the hook right here. I think you – I think we're – unfortunately, I might not play it on Sunday because I believe this line will be two and a half. If it isn't, it's three or three and a half. This will be in my five, no doubt.
1: All righty. Yeah, I think that's a, that's the a smart side to be on. I don't think you could lay more than a field goal with Joe Flacco and feel good about it, even with that Cleveland Browns defense. Um my only concern on the Bears' side of this one is Justin Fields has had really, really good games, and he's had really, really bad games. So, fumbles, some interceptions. If he has multiple turnovers, the Browns are definitely going to be you know, in this game have a chance to potentially cover the spread. If he just has a clean game, not even necessarily a really good one, I think the Bears are covering three and a half, like you said, pretty easily. So, I think it comes down to him, but I think I'd lean your side as well with Bears plus three and a half. Um, and then over-under, you said, is 37? 37,
0: 37 and, seven a
1: half. and a half. Uh, I'm trying to avoid unders right now because, like I said, there's been a lot of overs in the recent weeks, not just in primetime, actually. Overs are kind of up over the past two, and a, two to three weeks. Um, but I don't mind the under in this one either because I don't see a lot of points getting scored. I think Joe Flacco is coming back down to earth after a relatively solid game last week.
0: Tampa Bay at Green Bay Packers, three-and-a-half point favorites at home, over under 41-and-a-half in Lambeau. Cody, I will toss this one to you because I don't have a strong lean here. I do have a lean, but uh, this is not one I am incredibly excited about.
1: Yeah, my initial thought is I I want to wait and see what's going to happen with Aaron Jones. Probably that's probably going to be my best answer here. If Aaron Jones is back, I don't necessarily hate the Packers at home. Uh you have to, you know, you have a a southern team, a Florida team traveling up to Green Bay. Probably not going to be the best of weather, so that's going to definitely impact the Buccaneers. If Aaron Jones is back, it just adds another dimension to the offense. He hasn't been at 100% since like week 1 or 2 of the season, so we really haven't seen it this year, but like you said, they kind of looked a little, a little wonky. So maybe Aaron Jones can give them a little bit of a spark. Um, but I'm after I toss it back to you, I'm actually going to look at my tracker. I think I've I have not nailed a Buccaneers bet on either side all season long. So if there's been one team that's been my kryptonite, it has been the Buccaneers. So I probably won't bet this game, but. If Aaron Jones is in and I can get kind of a little bit of, you know, he's at least relatively healthy. I like the pack, the Packers minus three and a half. If he's out, give me the Bucks plus the points.
0: Yeah, my initial read here would be these two teams are pretty similar. They're both six and seven. Uh, Green Bay's probably been better of late overall. Uh, last week, notwithstanding, uh, but. I think both of these teams are you know, pretty average squads at the end of the day. They're probably going to be 8-9, 9-8 and nine, nine and type teams. Uh, so getting three in the hook for Tampa seems like good value, but the spot is on the Packers here. They should have a bounce back after a tough loss on Monday night against the Giants last week. Tampa Bay potentially riding high after a big divisional win against the Falcons going on the road again. A cold-weather Baker game, you don't love that. And yeah, if the Packers get either Aaron Jones or Christian Watson back, I think that adds a different dimension to their offense that they did not have last week. I think this number is about right. I think I would lean Tampa very slightly at three and a half, but I do not, uh, I don't love it. Uh, so I, I have other games I would definitely be be playing instead of this one. I actually kind of like the over here. I think both these defenses have been pretty suspect, especially recently. Uh, and both these teams need this one bad uh to stay in the playoff picture, especially Green Bay. So I think points could be scored here. Forty one and a half doesn't scare me too much, uh, assuming weather isn't uh an issue coming going into it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I actually don't mind the over as well. Um I'm oh and three betting on or against the Buccaneers this year. Uh the only Buccaneers game that I've hit and was just... an over with them and the Colts a couple of weeks <laughs> ago. So rough year. Like I yeah, said, we need to stay away the from the NFC, NFC South. South gotten, her, man. So Probably <laughs> avoiding us. this one, but uh, <laughs> if, like I said, i probably want to be on the Packers if you are on that game.
0: Texans at Titans. Titans two and a half point favorites here over-unders 38. Um, I don't have a ton to say about this one. Clearly the books uh, hedging a little bit on the C.J. Stroud situation. I think if he was in this would probably be Texans by one or two. And I think if he was out, this would probably be Titans by four or five. So uh, you can kind of take your bet on whether he's going to play or not. And you're know you are either taking the the Texans or the Titans and getting value on the line. But I think I'd probably just wait uh, at this point because I don't have a good read on it. The concussion thing has been usually, or earlier in the year it was, if somebody was in the protocol, they're missing a week. Uh, but the last couple of weeks, whether the NFL is, uh, you know, kind of laxed on the the protocols here or whether teams are just getting desperate really hasn't been the case. There's been some guys that have kind of, uh, you know, been forced through the, the same week. Uh, we had a couple of them last week. I think Amari Cooper was one of them. Anyway, uh, point is, I don't know how to read this game without knowing the Stroud status. And for that reason, I'm just
1: off of it. Yeah, it was Brock Purdy, I think, that was the first one earlier this year. He had concussion symptoms after the game yep. and then got cleared within six days because we thought we were going to have a Sam Darnold sighting uh, a little over a month ago in a 49ers game. That did not that's happen. That's right. So, um, yeah, no, that's – I. so that just I just want to read out these numbers real quick. 70% of bets, 95% of money on the Titans – uh, so right now the public and the pros are eating <laughs> up the points. So obviously they think a lot of people think that CJ Stroud is not going to play in this one. Um, right. Yeah. I, and honestly, I don't really think that he should, unless I guess if you're 100% cleared.
0: it was a nasty. Yeah, hit. I, it, if, if you saw it was, he got, I mean, his head got banged off of the turf. So he might, you know, his, his injury might be a little more, I guess concussions are nonlinear right. injuries. Basically. It's just like, They are all unique, uh, but his looks legit. I think he definitely sustained a concussion. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully, for his sake, he
1: doesn't. Absolutely. And if you're the Texans, I mean, you got your franchise guy. You know he's incredible. You don't need to just stick him out there. Yeah, you got to look at the big picture here. Not 100%. So, yeah, I I don't think he's going to play. If you want early value, you take the Titans. If, you know, once he gets ruled out, like Nick said, this is probably going up to minus four, maybe minus four and a half on the Titans side. So, um, and if that happens it sucks having to talk about all these games talking about all these backup quarterbacks davis mills another backup quarterback oh Uh, obviously we talked about jake browning earlier it's just it's crazy all these quarterback injuries
0: yeah for what it's worth if you have your own read on the stroud situation you really think he's going to be out Uh, i would like the titans quite a bit at minus two and a half houston with Davis Mills starting, probably no Nico Collins, obviously no Tank Dell, uh, maybe no Dalton Schultz. I mean, that, that would be a really, really tough situation for the Texans on the road here, uh, especially under a field goal. I think I would be leaning Titans, but I'm just not confident enough to uh, put my name behind it at the moment. Jets at Dolphins, another divisional matchup here. Uh, Dolphins favored by nine points at home over under 39 and a half reeling after that shocking loss to the Titans on Monday night football. Uh, I uh, I wanted to be on the Dolphins here. Tyreek Hill injury uh, just really changes things, though. This is very similar to the last game we just talked about. Without knowing Hill's status, I don't want to have a play one way or the other because I think this line will move a couple points in either direction based on him playing or not playing, so... Uh, And I think it's warranted because we saw what this Dolphins offense looked like without him on the field last week against a pretty beatable Titans defense. Uh, They took a large step, maybe two back uh, against the Titans defense when he didn't play. So um, yeah, I think I'd I'd just be off of this until I know more about Hills. 100%. I
1: think um, didn't this line open at, I think around 12 points and then, it was,
0: yeah, it was close to 12 when I looked at it before the game on Monday. And yeah, it's, uh, that, that's, that's how much Tyreek kill yeah, means.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, if he, if he is out, it's a it's a huge downer for the Dolphins offense. Um, yeah, I'm not really, I don't really have too much to say because he, he really determines this entire game. We saw it on Monday. The, them without Tyreek kill was honestly tough to watch, which, is incredible because just adding one player out there and they immediately become one of the most fun teams to watch in the NFL. So, um, yeah, gonna wait on that one. If if Tyreek's in and it's less than two touchdowns, do you like the Dolphins or like I I okay. do
0: I see I, I that this is why it sucks because I really wanted to be on the Dolphins here. This is a sell high spot on Zach Wilson and a buy low spot on the Dolphins that love to cover big spreads at home um yeah i wanted to be on the dolphins at nine or ten uh with with tyreek in but it, without knowing his status it's it's hard it's hard for me to uh to endorse them i i need to wait for that yeah
1: absolutely and the dolphins do have other weapons outside of tyreek his he just he is such a centric point in that offense that when you take him out suddenly it's definitely gonna have an impact if they yeah that's true in if game, they have an tough. idea that he may not be out there there may be more design plays for waddle and devon h and things like that yeah. so Honestly, if he ends up getting ruled out and this goes to around a touchdown, maybe I'd consider seven and a half. I don't necessarily hate the Dolphins. I just want to have a finalized yeah. number on, you know, if Tyreek Hill is playing and what I'm getting. So if you're confident or have a good feeling that he is going to play, getting it at the value you can right now is pretty solid. But like like we said earlier, it's better just to wait and get, get the number after you know than just kind of hope about it.
0: Chiefs at Patriots Kansas City nine and a half point favorites on the road over under 37 and a half oh Cody uh Cody I like the Patriots in this one plus nine and a half I don't know why the Chiefs are getting this many points even against this Patriots squad Uh, that's a large number to cover against a good defense on the road uh it's Again, I I don't know if I'm going to put the Patriots in my five, especially because there's a lot of games I like. But that's definitely where I would lean here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I I'm I've said it multiple times. I'm not gonna bet on a Chiefs game if I don't have to, as long as I can find five other games I like just because I don't want to have a emotional hedge for this versus the Chiefs. But yeah, if you're betting this game, you gotta take the Patriots plus nine and a half. The only thing you're concerned about is, you know, we typically Mahomes after a loss has a good game, you know, almost had the win last week. You know, maybe he comes out, they come out on fire with their hair on fire because of, you know, the ref screwed them as they tried to come as they tried to say about the situation. So maybe that's the case. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think their receiving core is probably one of the worst in the NFL. Um, You know, if you take out Travis Kelsey, they're definitely the worst in the NFL. Um, they don't really. They really can't move the ball. Pacheco is going to be questionable throughout the entire week. We're really not confident if he's going to play. And you know their defense is their defense is good, but I just think it's going to be a low scoring game. I I like the Patriots plus nine and a half. I mean, almost a ten point home dog is crazy, especially with where the Chiefs are at in their season.
0: I like the under quite a bit too, 37 and a half. It's a low total, but like you said, the Chiefs' defense is really good. So is the Patriots' defense. Even if Mahomes and the offense is able to figure some things out and they are, you know, able to execute in the red zone and finish off some of these drives, they don't have a lot of big play uh, receivers. So their drives are often methodical, and uh, you know they're not taking the top off of defenses scoring quickly. Uh, so. I think they would, that we would need a defensive touchdown on one side or the other to get to this over, uh, unless Bailey Zappi and the Patriots offense are able to replicate their success from last week, but I would not bet on that. So I like the under 37 and a half here as well. Giants at Saints, Saints, six point favorites at home over under, uh, 37 and a half once again. I am a little disappointed the Giants ended up pulling that game out on Monday because I feel like they're going to be the public side now, uh, especially with how bad the Saints looked last week, even though they covered, because I want to be on the Giants here at plus six. I don't know who the Saints are to be getting this many points against anybody. I know they just burned me uh, last week, but uh, that was not because they played well. They kind of just, uh, you know, they they let the Panthers lose that game for them uh, in the fashion that they did. So I think I would lean Giants
1: yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, the Giants have. I mean, I would imagine that Tommy DeVito is going to have his come back to earth game, um, but you know, maybe he keeps it going for another week. I just don't really like this Saints team whatsoever. I they're very inefficient. It's a lot of very, very, very bad drives, and then you know they their defense gets a turnover or gets a turnover on downs or something like that. They get good field position. That is when they tend to capitalize, but. He, they do not drive the football down the field at on a regular basis. Um, so I just, I don't really like watching them. So I don't really like betting their games, but I'd probably take the Giants. I just, I'm only scared off of it because of, I just imagine Tommy DeVito is coming back to earth at some point. So um, that's, yeah. that's my biggest fear in this one.
0: Yeah. I don't like buying high on DeVito. Uh, I think I'm going to wait on this one and kind of see what the professionals tell me here, but, uh, six is just, it's a lot for the saints team. I, I don't understand why they're getting this much at home. Um, in this giant squad, say what you will about Tommy DeVito, but they have not been making mistakes in the way that that Carolina Panthers squad has been. So I don't think they're going to give the game uh, to the saints the way that the, uh, the Bryce young Panthers did. So, uh, they're going to have to move the ball a little bit on this giant's defense. We'll see if they're able to do that, but uh, I think we're waiting on the saints game Falcons at Panthers over unders 35 and a half. Falcons three point road favorites, man. I know the right side here, but I cannot in good conscience once again, ask these good people to bet on the Carolina Panthers. So uh, this is a stay away.
1: game. Yep, I played the fifth on this game. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to bet it. I don't even want to know that it's happening when it's on. So I have been burned by both these teams enough to just stay away from this game entirely.
0: Yeah, take the under. Uh, the only reason I would not make the under a, a play is just because I know Bryce Young is going to throw a pick six on me if oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and just leave it off the board. Uh, but uh, from a football standpoint, I think the under is the way you want to go here. Lots of running on both sides, in my opinion, uh, about to happen. But um, yeah, there's going to be a defensive touchdown if I included in my five commanders at rams rams six and a half point home favorites over under 49 this should be a pretty entertaining game here uh i like the rams at home here under a touchdown i think this thing's going to creep up to seven by saturday if i had to guess but um under under a touchdown i I think the rams team they have a lot to play for right now the commander's kind of a, a dead fish at the moment um it's
1: it's it's a lot of points to lay, but I, I don't mind it. I, I like this Rams team quite a bit when they're healthy. One hundred percent, give me the Rams. This one's already. I'll lock it in if I get nice. it under six and a half right now. I mean, this is incredible. There you this go, is. Kid. I can't believe we're gonna get them under a touchdown against the Commanders. One on the defensive side, Aaron Donald in that defensive line is going to have a day against the Washington front and Sam Howell. And then on the offensive side of the ball for the Rams, the Commanders have been one of the worst defensive teams against the past. Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, if you have either of them in fantasy, if you have Matthew Stafford in fantasy, who I'm unfortunately going to have to play this week, it's going to be a field day for them. So, um, yeah, I love the Rams minus six and a half. I'm surprised that this one's not higher. Like you said, the Commanders are kind of dead in the water. Everything's going to change there at the end of this offseason besides Pro maybe the quarterback Sam Howell probably gets a second year with a new head coach and a new system. I think he'll but get a second everything year. everything else is changing. Yeah. There, that team is dead in the water. The Rams are, like you said, competing for a playoff spot, have a chance to, you know, do something with their season. So, and especially with where the Rams are as a team, a lot of older guys they want to have another shot at a playoff run. So, I I love them minus six and a half. Like the over forty
0: nine too should be a lot of points on both sides. Uh, for uh you know, like, like you said, the the Rams D line should do well against this Washington O line, but uh, the Rams secondary is suspect. We saw that last week against Baltimore. They will give it up a bit. Washington has some decent options on the outside, and uh, we've seen Sam Howell be able to sling it, especially in games that uh, he is trying to play catch up in. So I think the over forty nine is a good play, even though that. And this day day and age in the NFL, 49 is uh, a very, very high total, but I think we could hit it. I think the Rams are a good bet to score 30, and I think Washington can get us to 20 on the other side. So uh, it doesn't scare me off of playing the Rams or the over here, even though I suspect Washington will score some second-half points here.
1: For sure. I don't feel as strongly on the over, but – as someone who has a little bit of Kyron, a little bit of Puka, and a little bit of Cooper Cup, I am all for the points in this matchup. Keep them coming.
0: 49ers at Cardinals over under 48. 49ers, 13.5-point favorites on the road here in Arizona. Um, this is just a pass for me. Um, I think it's just such a big number to lay in a divisional game, especially because the Niners have a bit of a look ahead spot here to that Ravens game next week. The last game that you could really say is, um, you know, a potential loss for them. They kind of need to win out to secure that one seed. So, uh, I I don't love weighing the number, even with how good the 49ers have been, and I can't in good conscience bet on the Cardinals against this buzzsaw of a 49ers team, so I think I'm just staying away from this number.
1: Yeah, I think the pros would tell you that this would technically be a Cardinals spot, just an at-home, uh, in-division dog. 39% of bets on the Cardinals, 51% of the money, just a 12% lean, so... Nothing too crazy, but definitely staying away from it. Just too big of a spread um, for me in general. And then, yeah, I, I would want to lean on the 49ers side, but I feel like that's definitely the square bet and uh, don't want don't to be serving those up on Sunday.
0: Yeah, uh, too big of a number to play the Niners, but it's Niners or pass in my opinion. Uh, over-unders are hard to play in these Niners games too because they can just cover all of it. Uh, I think I would want to lean under, but it could put up 42 and just ruin your play uh, on their own. This is probably the game of the week here. Cowboys at Bills. Bills, two and a half point favorites here over under a very juicy 50 and a half here. We like the Bills, Cody. I'm being quiet because my lovely fiance is in the other room, but um. I like the Bills, minus two and a half. I know that this is kind of a weird number. Uh, you, you just wouldn't expect the Cowboys to be underdogs uh, to this Bills team. Uh, but this is a really good spot for them. I think they're really feeling it after uh, winning the last couple weeks. Uh, they, they know they need to basically win out to have a shot at the division. And uh, this is a tough spot for this Dallas team that had just played against the Eagles, had a huge emotional win, has a couple tough games coming up. So... Uh, I want to hear what you think about it, but I, my early lean is Bills.
1: Yeah, I'm Bills all the way in this one, so I, I love him. At, he, it looks like you can get him between minus two, minus two and a half. I'm perfectly fine with both those numbers. If he gets, you know, three, I'm okay. If he gets over three, I probably have to reassess it just a little bit, but anything under a field goal with the Bills, I will take. Um, yeah, I like everything Nick said, obviously they are competing for a playoff spot. They basically have to win out to have a good chance at a playoff uh-huh. spot, so – this is a huge game for them. The Cowboys coming off multiple big games. this They're due for a letdown spot here eventually. They've been running through teams the past month and a half. Um, it's been real good for all the DAC fantasy owners. But unfortunately, I think this is a huge letdown spot for the Cowboys. Outside in Buffalo, you know, you're not going to be able to throw the ball as effectively as you can in the Dome in Dallas. So, yeah, Buffalo all the way. 67 uh, percent of bets on buffalo 94 percent of money so uh the cowboys which are a typically very public team already are extremely public with 33 percent of bets and only six percent money on them so take the bills uh i think that they they win this game and like i said i like it up to a field goal
0: yeah, Cowboys, just a different team on the road. As you alluded to, they are 7-0 and at home, 3-3 and on the road. They're three road wins. The New York Giants, the Los Angeles Chargers, which was basically a home game for them in that stadium, and then the Carolina Panthers. So uh, they have not been able to be quality opponents on the road, even have a loss to the Cardinals on there. So uh, just been a different team away from Dallas, as you mentioned. Um, they... This is just yeah, like I said, very tough spot for them, and I think the the professional bettors are kind of telling you where to go with this one. If- this feels like we've had a couple of these games the past few weeks where you wouldn't expect the line to be what it is, like like the Jets and the Texans last week. Like you, it was weird that it came all the way down to only you know three point favorites for uh, the Texans, who looked like a much better team, but the professionals were telling you it was a letdown spot. The Jets smoked them. Uh, the week before, we had, um, damn, I'm trying to remember what the game was that the, the line moved like crazy and we were off of it. Um,
1: let me look yeah. it up real
0: quick. You, you, uh... I, I
1: will make a point actually, just as a little joke while you're looking that up. Um, I can only imagine if the NFL had a playoff committee like college football, what that Cardinals loss would look like on the Cowboys resume. They have all these blowout wins, they have these good wins over the Eagles, over, um, you know, another good team. And then, you know, they have that loss to the Cardinals. So they're actually just like a six seed. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, that 49ers Eagles game the yeah, one okay. where the Niners were favored yeah. by three points on the road. Uh, it had swung all the way from a three point favorite on the other side. So yeah, that's, uh, it's just, sometimes you got to follow, follow what the professionals are telling you. They, they know, they know what they're talking about, you know, seven times out of 10 in these situations. Ravens, at Jaguars, your Sunday night football game, Ravens three and a half point favorites on the road, over under 43 and a half. Um, Cody, I'm going to kick this one to you. I uh, I don't have a a strong read on this game yet. Yeah,
1: I don't have a great read on this one either. I think I want to hear a little bit more about Trevor Lawrence's injury, because if he is going to be limited against this Ravens defense, I don't want to be on the Jag side, but if he has some really good progress, I don't hate being on the Jags, but odds are I'm probably just going to stay away from this one. I think the Ravens have the best units in this game with their defense. Um, But, and I mean, their offense did actually look pretty good against the Rams. I thought they would struggle a little bit more without Mark Andrews, but OBJ kind of came alive Zay flowers had a late touchdown. So their receivers are getting more involved. Um, I'm going to stay away because I'm not going to take a a road favorite in a primetime game. I feel like that's just – I don't know the stats behind that completely, but if we went back and looked at that, I would imagine that road favorites don't do great in primetime.
0: Yeah, if this thing somehow got down to three or two and a half, I would be a lot more enthusiastic about the Ravens because I want to be on them here. I think they might have the best two units in this game, honestly. I think their offense is slightly better than the Jags and their defense is slightly better. So it kind of scares me off taking Jacksonville. But three and a half a half's a lot for a quality opponent on the road in, again, a game that uh, Jacksonville should have a bit of a bounce back. I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to be healthy in this one. High ankle sprains typically take two to four weeks to recover from, so he might still be a little hobbled. I uh, I don't know. Uh, we don't we don't like taking the Ravens as uh, more than three point favorites either. So I think I would just be off of it. Uh, Forty three and a half sounds about right too. So uh, again, there are other games that we like, uh, and I don't I don't think we're gonna feel the need to to go to this one. Monday Night Football, Eagles at Seahawks. Eagles four point favorites on the road over under forty seven and a half. I feel pretty darn similarly uh, about this game as I do the Sunday night one. Should be pretty entertaining, but I don't have a strong read myself. Cody, what I'm about right you?
1: there with you. My my initial thought is I like the Eagles minus the points in a pretty big bounce back spot. Obviously, coming off of back to back losses to the Niners and the Cowboys, they uh, need to win to kind of get it back on track for not just their division but the one seed as well. So. Um, I like them to win the game, but I do expect Seattle to keep this somewhat close, so uh, with it at three and a half to four points right now, I don't really love either side, but I imagine Eagles end up finding a way to win this game.
0: I think so, too. Uh, that would be my read, especially if Drew locks in. Even though he looked pretty good last week against the Niners, uh, hard for me to trust him against this Eagle squad that should be really, really desperate in this one. The only, the problem is that the, the Seahawks should be really desperate in this one too. Uh, for as much as been made about the Eagles' recent tough schedule, the, the Seahawks have gotten this draw that they got the last couple weeks. Uh, the NFL really screwed them over. Uh, this was a a six and four, six and three team coming off that win against the Commanders uh, a couple weeks ago at home. They lost to the Rams. That's a game that. You know, there was a one-point loss on the road in the division, a game they probably should have won, but kind of an understandable loss in my opinion. Then they played San Francisco at home, at Dallas, and then at San Francisco in three straight weeks. Lost all three, but I don't think you can really blame them there. Really tough draw, and then they get the Eagles here at home. Um, Yeah, I don't have enough confidence to take them. I feel like they're the side I want to be on, though. Uh, So for that reason, I think I uh, I would just stay away from this game.
1: Don't blame you at all. I think I'm going to end up being right there with you. Um, do you want to go over some games that you like, uh, some of the early spreads that you like? Yeah, let's let's
0: let's pick our five if we had to choose right now. I'm going to start out with Minnesota plus four, uh, Chicago plus three and a half, um, Rams minus six and a half would be in there uh bills minus two and a half would be in there as well and then we'll take the Patriots plus nine and a half
1: all righty sounds good uh my two that are for sure locks bills minus two Rams minus six and a half um I also like honestly like the Titans minus two and a half right now um if you can like I said get that before CJ is officially ruled out uh see
0: yeah there's just no way that line is two and a half by the time we record on saturday it's either going yeah, to be you gotta get like i said it's going to be four or it's going to be one or something uh because you know it's going to move a lot once that
1: absolutely out. uh don't mind the bears plus three and a half i think you made a really good argument on that side um any totals love that it. i love here Steelers Colts. Steelers colts was it over over 42 don't mind that one um, mm-hmm.
0: Colts are an over team, especially
1: at home. Well, I actually said I like the under, but I think you also talked me into that over a little bit. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I think that's that's a few of them that I like so far. I think I actually listed off six. So uh, definitely going to narrow that down and uh, find five that we love and hopefully bring home a winning record. It's pretty oh crazy that we're 15, 14 weeks in and we have the same exact record with three ties apiece, which makes it even more crazy. That's yeah. pretty wild
0: yeah i know 32 25 and three we'll see who is able to pull ahead here at the end but hopefully as a pod we can stay above that 55 percent threshold that is the money making zone there so cody do you have any last words of wisdom for the people Nope. let's get, get out,
1: out of here? here this will be coming out probably wednesday around lunchtime and then we'll have our best bets podcast coming out for you guys saturday morning so Bye. You ready for that also join the facebook group uh, i try to throw some stuff in there about some about every game for uh, the primetime games and then obviously our best bets for the week so talk to y'all later nick i will talk to you later this week peace out peace